Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. It's good to see you back. Good crowd tonight. Amen. Any first-time attenders? Maybe first time in a long time? Anybody not here? All right. Good. Did you have a good afternoon? Get some rest? Did you get one of those Baptist naps? Yeah? Amen. Oh, amen. Don and I had a delightful time this morning. Thank you for being so gracious and welcoming us in. And we felt at home and, and really enjoyed ourselves and look forward to the service this evening. And uh, now I, I've done something that most people don't like. I changed up on you. And so God, God gave me another message for tonight. And uh, I, I don't know why, but he did. And so we're going to follow him. Is that okay? Yeah? All right, good. Always works best when we do. Amen. And so I want to talk to you just for a few minutes. I feel so far away from you, you know, and I like to be close to people when I speak. I'm Italian, you know, and so, but uh, let's just get near a little bit. I want to talk to you just for a few minutes, and I won't be real long, about the church. Can we talk about the church for a little bit? Can we do that? Church is, church is a special place in my life. I like, to, I like to say this, I'm a product of the local church. I really am. Everything that's good about me, everything that I've learned, uh, everything that I believe. And I, I've, been, I've been to school. Not that that means a whole lot. Uh, but everything that I, 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 I love about the Lord, it's, I, I got it from church. And I've been a member of, of several great, independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, Bible preaching, chicken eating. You know the old story, right? Just good churches. And I've had some great pastors who loved me and, and kind of poured their life into me. In fact, I like to believe this, Dave, that if you were to open up my heart, you'd see bits and pieces of all the men that have influenced my life. You know, nobody is a self-made individual. We're all just bits and pieces of the people that God's place into our lives that have influenced us and impacted us, right? I mean, if you opened me up, you'd see a little bit of my dad, and you'd see a little bit of my grandfathers, and you'd see a little bit of my pastors. I've had three tremendous pastors in my life before I went into the ministry, and two of them are already, already with the Lord. One of them's still alive and retired, uh, but I love them dearly, and I, I, I just, man, I just thank God. The older I get, the more I look back and thank God for the influence of my pastors. And I had great, great relationships with them. You know, I served in the full-time capacity uh, with two of them, and, uh, and just great relationships, and thank God for them. So I love the church. I really do, and I'm sure you do as well. When I speak about the church, I'm not speaking about any church. I'm speaking about his church, you know, that assembly, Right? And when you read the scriptures, uh, that assembly is labeled in several different ways. 
Say assembly with me. Assembly. Uh, and that assembly, for example, you read about in uh, the book of Acts chapter number 7. Now, we're going to get to the Scripture in a minute. Uh, but you read about this, the church in the wilderness. Did you, did you ever hear that phrase? The church in the wilderness. And so, was there really a New Testament church in the Old Testament wilderness? Look at me. No. No. The New Testament church wasn't in the Old Testament wilderness, but when it speaks in Acts chapter number 7 about the church in the wilderness, it's speaking about an assembly, an assembly of people. So, what is the church? You know this because you've been taught properly. The church, by definition, is it okay if I come down here? The church, by definition, is a called-out assembly, right? So, we would say this, well, it's just a gathering of people, but it's more than that. Because the church is a called-out assembly with a purpose, and on purpose, right? We, we're just not, we don't, we don't just gather. There are gatherings all over America and the world, and sometimes they call themselves churches, but they don't really have any purpose. Sometimes they just gather together, and it becomes a social gathering, right? And I, I think church ought to be a social gathering, and, we, we, you know, we find... I love it when a young man finds his bride at church or when a young lady looks for her husband at church. I think that's the way it ought to be. Don't you agree? Sure. And so it's social, and, and you know, you gather. I appreciate the, the uh, since I've been here last, Brother Riddell, Preacher Riddell, uh, you redid the, the entryway to the gymnasium and made a, a little social area. That's really nice. I think that's done first class, and I hope you guys utilize that because it's good for church people to socialize. Because if you don't socialize here, you will socialize somewhere. And the somewhere may not be the best place to socialize. Can I get an amen right there? And so, church is wonderful. And when we talk about the church, we're talking about a gathering, an assembly of born-again, blood-washed individuals who are called together with a purpose on purpose. I don't have time to get into the purpose and on the purpose and all that kind of stuff. However, we are an assembly, right? And in Scripture, that assembly is labeled in several ways, and I want to share just a few of those ways with you tonight. Would you begin with me in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 16? And then we're going to go over to 1 Timothy, chapter number 3, in, in just a few minutes. But look, if you would at uh, Matthew's Gospel, the 16th chapter, and the 13th verse. I'll let you be seated as we read. Here's what it says. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, uh, read that with me, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? That, that's a good question, isn't it? Isn't that a pointy question? Huh? Uh, let, let's, let's put it in our everyday terms. Let's put it in layman, layman terms. Jesus was saying this to his disciples. Now, who, who were those disciples? They are those men that he called to follow him. And they became his inner circle. I like to refer to them as his team. They, they, they were his team, you know. And they were interesting individuals, right? Weren't they colorful? You don't like to talk back to the preacher, do you? Uh, they were colorful, weren't they? And they all had personality and and they were all unique, and they were not just all a bunch of clones, you know? And um, my favorite is Peter. 
You say, why? Because I kind of, I don't know, I identify with him. You know, every time he opened up his mouth, he put his and his ankle and his thigh and everything else. You know, he was a mess, wasn't he? But that's just the way it is. I mean, just common people that Jesus calls. And so here he gathers these individuals together and he asks them a question. The question is, whom do men say I, the Son of Man, am? Now, if I were gathering us together and I had a bunch of, if I had a team member, I might say, Bob, Bob, what's the word on the street? Can you identify with that? Huh? What's, what's the word on the street? Jesus is saying this, uh, when you go out into the community, you know, when you're out doing ministry, what's the word on the street? What are they saying about me? Look, 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 look at the response. Here's what they said. Verse 14, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And that's not bad, huh? How would you like to be? <laughs> There's not a preacher in this room who would not like to be identified with that crowd. You know, Jeremiah, compassionate Elijah, calling down fire from above, John the Baptist, I mean, just a lunatic, right? Uh, and so, what's the word on the street? And they come back and they say, well, they're identifying you with, you know, John the Baptist and Elijah and Jeremiah. But then would you look at the next statement there in verse 15? He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Does your, your Bible say that? But who do you say that I am? And, and look who steps up here, our buddy, Peter. Peter said, thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Let me pause for a second. Look here. It matters to Jesus what the testimony of the church is in the community. You've got to understand that, right? It's important. It's important that when we go outside these doors, and, and uh, see somebody at the, at the market or in, in the community, and we maybe give them a gospel track or maybe mention our church, that they don't say, oh, you go to that church? You know, and they get that, you know, there are times when I'm almost tempted not to say I'm the pastor of such and such a church, and I kind of, you know, tread on the waters and see the feeling. But when, when you talk about the church in the community, it ought to be positive. The feedback ought to be, oh, you go over there. That church has been there for a long time, huh? And they used to run those buses, and I hear some great things about, you know, the open Bible Baptist church, right? That's important to Jesus. You, you're aware of that, right? You're aware of the fact that the Lord cares about his testimony in the community, right? And, by the way, you and I are the testimony of the church in the community, correct? So we got to really be careful because... People are watching, you know, and we want to make sure that we never do anything to mar the testimony of our church or really of our Lord. Amen? But what really matters to Jesus is what you think about him. Huh? Well, uh, what are they saying out in the street? That matters to him. I mean, it's important to him, right? Are, are they, here, here maybe, maybe he's saying this, uh, is the message clear? Do they understand the message? Do they understand my mission? Do they understand what we're trying to accomplish? Because sometimes we can convolute the thing, right? But what really matters to him is what we say. What do you say? Who? And boy, Peter steps up and like a, 
just a giant in the faith, says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus said this. And then Jesus said in verse number 17, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And here's the text I wanted to get to. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus said, I will build my church. My church. And you and I, I know sometimes we'll invite people, we'll say, hey, come to my church, but we really know that it's his church. It's his church. And here's what he said, I'm, I'm going to build it, I will build it. By the way, it was still futuristic at that moment. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against, against it. Look here, church has been around for a long time, and the church will be around until he comes back for it. Correct? Not every church keeps its doors open, but the church, you know, there will be a church on earth until he comes back for it at what is called the, the what? The rapture. The rapture. We're waiting for that, aren't we? Huh? And the older we get, we hope it comes any moment, you know? Every once in a while at our place, we do rapture rehearsal. We just get everybody going like this, you know, let's just get ready to go up, right? We want to go up. And so Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church. And again, the church is this assembly. But did you ever see in the scriptures how it's labeled? Go with me if you would. Go over to 1 Timothy chapter number 3. And uh, look at this text of scripture here in uh, chapter 3 in verse number 15. Interesting passage of scripture. He says this, Peter speaking. Uh, Peter, uh, I'm sorry, Paul speaking now. We're in 1 Timothy chapter number 3. Paul says this, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou ought to behave thyself in the house of God, which is what? The church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Isn't that a great passage? Huh? The church. Talking about the church again. And, 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 and it's labeled, I, I like to say this, it's labeled at least in three different ways. Let me share it with you. First, first, the church, this assembly, is considered the body of Christ. Right? The body of Christ. Say it with me. The body of Christ. Listen to the Scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. The Bible says, Now are ye the body of Christ, and listen to this, and members in particular. That's neat. I like that. Uh, Ephesians 4, verse 12 says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. And so this assembly, right, are you with me? This assembly is labeled first and foremost as the body of Christ. Now pay attention to this. When you and I, when you get born again, how many of you, how many are you saved? Do you remember when you got saved? On the count of three, I want you to, do you know the date? On the count of three, I want you to shout out the date you got saved. You ready? You ready? You got it? One, two, three. January 8th, 1995. I heard that one. Right, was that it? January 8th, 1995. Do you know what happened on January 8th, 1995? Dave, right? 
Dave placed his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He placed his faith in the message, the gospel, the good news, the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. Right? And you know what happened, Dave, on that, in that, very, mo that very moment? You were baptized into the body of Christ. That's a spiritual thing, right? That's, that's doctrinal. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. You know, uh, did you feel it? Tell me no, please. Oh, okay, okay. But it happened. It was, yeah, it happened. You know, what, you know what we do when we baptize? The preacher will say this to the individual being baptized. You know this, you've seen hundreds of baptisms, I'm sure. The preacher will say, uh, Dave, based upon your, test your testimony in the Lord, not my testimony, it's your testimony, based upon your testimony in the Lord, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, raised to walk in the newness of life, and so shall you walk, my brother. Right? What are we saying? We're saying this. We're, we're saying this happened to Dave spiritually. The day Dave accepted Christ as his personal Savior, the Holy Spirit of Almighty God took him and baptized him, placed him, that's the word baptism, placed him into the death burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and now you become a member of his body the church this assembly are you with me this assembly is labeled as the body of Christ uh, let's just say Dave and I we left church this afternoon and we went down to grab a cup of coffee and we're down there, and we're kibitzing, we're having a cup of coffee, and the fellow walks by. By the way, this happened to me not long ago. I was preaching in a different city, Brother Preacher, and uh, finished preaching, and I had to get from one spot to the next, and I happened to cross past a Wawa. I am, I love Wawa. Love Wawa. And every time I see one, I just feel compelled to go in and give them more of my money. And I love Wawa coffee, and I drink too much of it. And anyway, so long story short, I went in, and when I got in there, a couple of people that I just finished preaching to saw me in there and said, hey, pastor, blah, 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 all the, hey, how are you? Walking out the door, going to my car, Tyler, uh, a fellow standing right there waiting for me outside of the Wawa, and this fellow says to me, uh, are you a pastor? I said, I am. He said, can I talk to you? I didn't know this, I didn't know this man from, from Adam. And I began talking to him, and he's telling me his life story, and, and all of this. He said, will you pray with me? And, and here I am in front of Wawa praying with this guy. Now, I would love to tell you that I led him to the Lord, but he was already saved. But let's just say, are you with me? Let's just say that I led that brother to the Lord, or led that, that fellow to the Lord. Now, 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 don't answer this. Don't answer this. But if I would have led him to the Lord at that moment in time, what would he had become a member of? Don't answer it. The church or the body of Christ? See, you only become a member of the church when you join one because there's only one kind of church on earth, right, my brother? It's the local church. Don't get quiet. I'm telling you the truth. Huh? The assembly, right? The assembly. What's the church? It's an assembly of born-again, blood-washed, heaven-bound individuals who are called out with a purpose on purpose, 
And first and foremost, when you get saved, you become a member of his body. And that'll get you to heaven. That'll get you to heaven. Oh, man, that'll get you to heaven. Because if you ain't going to heaven, there's only one other place you can go. Wawa. Right? Heaven. But you're a member of his body. Are you with me? And I love the way 1 Corinthians chapter 12 declares, a member in particular. You know what that means? That means this. You're not just any member. You're a member in particular. I mean to tell you, you have been designed and crafted to be a special member of that body. And can I tell you something about a body? A body has a lot of parts. I happen to be right-handed, so guess what? I love my right hand. I really do. I use it all the time. You know, I comb my hair with it. I write my name with it. I sign checks with it. I sign my wife's checks with it. Uh, I love my right hand. But in order for the right hand to work, I need to have a right arm. What good would a right hand be if I didn't have a right arm? Pretty silly illustration. But Jesus said we're his body. And a body is made up of members and not just any kind of member, but members in particular. May I say it this way? You've been placed in his body on purpose with a purpose. It'd be a sad thing for you not to know what your purpose is. Huh? Look here. We got a fellow in our church. His name is Jim Pierce. Uh, Bobby Joe, you, 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 you've seen Jim Pierce. He's the crazy old man that sits on the corner there. Got a beard down to his knee. He's a Floridian, you know. But man, can he sing. Brother James, he can sing. He's 70-something years old. But man, I love when he sings. So on Wednesday night, we have a lot of things going on on Wednesday night. And so I asked Jim to leave his place almost every Wednesday night and come and sing a couple hymns for us. I love it when he sings. And I made this comment just a couple weeks ago. Look here. I would love to sing like Jim Pierce. If I can sing like anybody, I like to sing like Jim Pierce because he moves you, right? He doesn't just have a good voice, but when he sings, he moves you. But you know what, Brother Preacher? I don't have to be able to sing like Jim Pierce. I got Jim Pierce. Oh, you missed that. You missed that. Huh? Uh, where's Aaron at? Aaron's back. I told Aaron, that young fellow, he's got a beautiful voice. He really does. And some of you might be sitting here and saying, boy, I would sing if I had a voice like Aaron. Look here, just sing. You don't have, you got Aaron. <laughs> right? You get any idea? You're not a mishap. You're not a mistake. God designed you and placed you in his body on purpose, with a purpose. It's, it would behoove you to find out what is my purpose because his part, this part of his body cannot operate without you. Jesse, he can't operate. Jesse, right? Yeah, you didn't think I remembered your name, did you? Uh, I wrote it down. I didn't, but I just remembered. Uh, look here. You're here on purpose, Jesse. God's got a reason for you to be here. Are you with me? So, you talk about this assembly of the church. It's fascinating, Tyler. The church is fascinating. And, and, and first and foremost, we become his, his body, right? And then look at this. Oh, I just lost my place. Look at that text again there in uh, 1 Timothy chapter number 3. He says this, if I tarry long, and I love these words, 
I'm writing so you might learn how to behave yourself in church. <laughs> Isn't that good? Huh? Man, I tell you what, it'd be great if Paul came down and did a seminar in every church just so we can learn how to behave ourselves in church. There is proper decorum, by the way. And it begins by when the preacher says something good, you say, Amen. <laughs> I like that. Say it. Amen. No, I like that. I like that. It's proper decorum, you know. Uh, but we're not only the body of Christ. He says this. Did you notice these words? In the house of God. Do you know who lives in a house? A family. So guess what we are? We're not just this assembly, this assembly. We're not just the body of Christ, but we are the family of God. Oh, man. We'd be the family of God. And what, now pay attention here, what's true of earthly families is true of spiritual families. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Huh? Think about your family. We're all members of families, right? We, we, have, we have parents, and some of us have siblings. We have, we have uh, aunts and uncles and grandparents and so on and so forth, cats and dogs. All dogs go to heaven. Not too sure about the other. Cat lovers. Yeah. Family. Now think about this for a second. Listen to this statement. What's true in a physical family, an earthly family, is true in a spiritual family. All right, so let, let's break down the family for a second. Isn't it true that in every family there's commonality but uniqueness? Think about it. Uh, if you knew my family, I guarantee I have a brother, I have a sister, my parents are both with the Lord. But if my brother and my sister were here today, I'll guarantee you, you'd see some commonality, right? We resemble in certain ways, you know? Uh, my sister has a beard. Just teasing, if she heard that, she skinned me a lot. She does shave. No, I'm just, just making sure you're awake. <laughs> Thank you, sister. Uh, so, commonality, right? There's some, however, there's uniqueness. Right? Uh, our sister back here, Riley, uh, her and her sister are twins, right? And your sister's two years older, correct? Uh, two years older. Two minutes older. That'd be pretty funny. Huh? They're twins. She's two years older. Something went awry there, right? <laughs> uh, so, but there's commonality, right? I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen your sister, uh, Riley, but I'm sure there's some commonality. You look, guys look a little bit alike. But are you absolutely, positively just like each other? Huh? All right, let me, let, me, let me help you answer that question. Have you ever had a tiff between each other? And then you're not, you're not absolutely positively perfectly like each other because you'd never get mad at yourself, right? Commonality, and then there's uniqueness. Every family. So take this into the family. There's commonality here. How many of us believe the Bible's God's Word? How many of us love every song that's ever sung at the Open Bible Baptist Church? Yeah, where the amens go? Where the amens go? What? Commonality, uniqueness. But that's a family. Will that's a family? Look here. I don't. I don't agree with, and nor do I like everything my brother does. But he's my brother. I don't have to. Oh, you missed that. I don't have to. 
don't have to. There's not one family represented here nor on earth that has everything, you know, and they like everything. And, I mean, we all love meatloaf. We all love liver and onions. We all love, nah-uh. No. When I say to my wife, make meatloaf, she'll say, okay, but I'm not eating it. I love it. She doesn't. But we're a family. I'm trying to keep this light. I'm trying to keep this light. And I know of no problems, but I know church. I've been a pastor of one for 34 years. Hello? And every once in a while, our preferences get in the way. And we really think, we really think we're sitting here, we really think we're sitting, and it's all about me. I heard one preacher say this, some people are so self-centered that when they watch a football game and the team huddles up, they literally think they're talking about them. Huh? Look here, it's not about us. So there's commonality. There's, you're going to like this one. Every family, right? Your family, my family, our family, and the church family, there's love and there's dislike. <laughs> right? Look here, this may shock you and only happens in Florida, but there's some people that I like, that, that, that I love, that I don't like. Don't look at me like that. Isn't that true, preacher? There's some people you just don't like, but I love them. Every family's that way. There ought not be one member of this family, the Open Bible Baptist Church family, that you would not drive halfway around the world for. But there's probably some things they do you don't like. <laughs> it always gets quiet when I'm on something. And to a preacher, it's usually saying, go, just keep going a little bit further. You're going somewhere with that. Huh? That's the, way, that's the way a family operates. And this assembly that we're a part of, you know, God's church is labeled as his body, the body of Christ, members in particular, and the family of God. Right? The family of God. And I can go on and on and really labor that illustration. But are you getting the drift? Huh? Getting the drift? I'll tell you something, friends. It's a sad day in the world because the church is fractured. It really is. I'm talking about good churches. You know, when I talk about church, I'm not talking about every little thing you might see with a sign that says church. I'm talking about the ones that are of like faith. You know? And I'm not, I'm not putting down any other. But just churches that we would feel comfortable in, in attending, you wouldn't believe how fractured they are. And you know, here's the funny thing. Sometimes we don't even know why. I was, I was teaching the series, doing the series in our church, and got a little talking a little bit about anger, being angry. Do you ever notice this? Have you ever noticed after a while, if you don't get over it, you forgot what you were angry about? Huh? Well, I'm so angry at that guy. Why are you angry? I don't even know. I forgot, <laughs> you know? And that's just the way it is sometimes in churches where we just get so splintered and fractured. It's a family of God. It ought not be that way. All right? So you get this assembly, and this assembly is labeled as the body of Christ, family of God. Look at this one final thing here. Go back to that text, if you would, please. He says, If I tarry long, that thou mayest uh, know how thou uh, oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the 
living God. And so this assembly, now pay attention here, this assembly is labeled as the, family of, the, the uh, body of Christ, the family of God, and the church of the living God. Huh? Think about it. The church of the living God. And that takes it to a whole different dimension. Because when you speak about the church of God, you have to, you just got to look at the purpose for its being, right? And you are, I'm not sure what the address is here other than New Brooklyn Road, Williamstown, New Jersey. But pay attention to this. You're here on purpose. Right? And I want to tell you something, folks. You know, you need to be here on purpose. It doesn't matter what's happening up the road or down the road or around the corner or another township. It matters not because God has you here. Right? And the best, thing, the best thing you can do is find out what your purpose is and then hug it. Right? What, what are we supposed to be doing here? And then just do it. And do it to the very best of your ability. Amen? Amen. And I will tell you this, and I'll, I'll close with this thought. If you look in the Scriptures at the church and everything that I've just mentioned here, whether it's the, the body of Christ or the family of God or the church of God, Here's what you find. Over and over, there's this reference to others. For example, in a body, you're, you have more than one member, right? We, we got a right hand and a left hand, and a, right? In a family, you have more than one person. You have another. And in the church, it's the same. And when you look, this is interesting, when you look uh, at the New Testament church, you get the idea of the mind of Christ because over and over he speaks about someone else. Listen to this. We're to prefer one another. We're to pray one for another. We're to love one another, admonish one another, greet one another, forbear one another, uh, bear one another's burdens, comfort one another, consider what... You're getting the idea, right? So the idea then is this. Uh, the mindset of the Lord concerning the church is one another. It's somebody else. It's not just me. Uh, I'm going to take just a little bit of liberty, and I'll close. The church I pastor is filled with wonderful people. In fact, I think this. Every church is filled with some of the greatest people in the world. God's people. However, there are times when even God's people aren't as great as they should be. Right? And if we're not careful, really, we think the church, let me help you with this, please. And you may never see me again, and that's okay. You know, so I can get out of, get out of here quick, Brother Riddell. But the church isn't just supposed to cater to your needs. Right? Isn't that right? And you come into a church, man, you come into a church, any church, and there, there, there's some, you know, seasoned veterans, and then there's some, you know, new converts, there's some senior citizens, and there's some young adults, and there's teenagers, and that's just what the church is, right? It's exciting, right? And I think this, I think, I think the balanced ministry, key, balanced ministry, is a ministry that tries to meet everybody's needs. 
I mean, there are times on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, the pastor's going to get up and he's going to preach about raising kids. Well, you got some folks here 80 years old, they ought to raise their kids. And they say, man, I didn't come to church to hear that. No, but there's people sitting here who need that, and you ought to have the attitude and say, man, bless God, my pastor's going to help these young families tonight. Hello? Right? And then, and then instead of singing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. This brother gets up and sings Amazing Grace, my chains fell off? What's with that? I know I'm treading on holy ground here, but that's okay. Listen now. There are, some, there are some young people in this church who sing that song. Right? Now, if he got up and said, you know, amazing grace can't save your soul, you'll go to hell believing that, well, then I think somebody ought to get up with the hook and yank him off the stage. But when he's singing a song that's got lyrics that, come on now, we ought not make a fuss. Because, you know, little, little Billy's sitting over here and he's, you know, 17 years old. Aren't you glad he's singing Amazing Grace, My Chains Fell Off, rather than rocking out on something else? And if we're not careful, because of our preferences, we'll run off the younger crowd. I was going to preach out of Joshua tonight, but God wouldn't let me for some reason. And I have no clue as to why I'm preaching what I'm preaching, but what I'm preaching was in the message I preached not long ago at my church. In fact, you can check it. It's called One Word Sermon Series, and the one word was church. And I'm preaching it here just like I preached it there. Why? Because I have wonderful people there who think that if we change the slightest little thing, this church is going to hell. Still preaching out of the same book. Still, still believing the same doctrine. But changing the service from 6 o'clock to 5 o'clock isn't going to put Ichabod in front of your, your door. And singing Amazing Grace, My Chains Fell Off, rather than Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, isn't going to do that neither. Hello? Why? It's not all about me. You know what I prefer? Can I, can I just, I'll just show you my hand. I prefer, I love hymns, but I don't, I don't like just any hymns. I like hymns that's got, you know, I like, you know, he lives. Uh, I like, you know, the old account was settled. Tent meeting kind of hymns, Brother Riddell. You know what I'm saying? I like them. And I like, when I sing the hymns, Roger, I like to sing them upbeat. I don't like the song, he lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. No, if you're going to sing it, sing it. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. Hold it out. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. I mean, sing it like he's there. Not some funeral march. See, look here. You know what I found out, Bob? Young people don't want rock concerts. One, young people want something that's alive. Let's give them something that's alive. Huh? And if you have a balanced ministry, look here, you can reach the masses. But if you don't, 
future doesn't look as bright as you might think. Huh? It's the church. Body of Christ. Family of God. Church of the living God. Man, if you just find out what your purpose is and do it, who are you laughing for, Jesse? And do it, you'd be surprised how God will bless it. Right? Hey, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Out in that community, what's, what, what, what do they think about the open Bible Baptist church? It's an open door for everybody. And when you go there, they try to balance out their ministry so that everyone from the youngest to the oldest feels comfortable, has a need met, the messages are relevant, the music is alive. I'll tell you what, you go over there, it's your grandfather's Oldsmobile. They're good people, but a bunch of clickies. No, you don't want that to be your testimony, right? Not at all. Huh? Whom do you say that I am? What does Jesus mean to you? Because if Jesus means to you what Jesus ought to mean to you, then everybody else means something to you because of one another. You know, Bob, I'll guarantee you this. You can judge someone's spiritual level by how they treat someone else. Don't tell me what Bible you carry. It doesn't make a difference you wear a shirt and tie, nice long dress. That doesn't make you spiritual. That identifies you with a group. What will identify us with Christ is the way we treat one another. Jesus himself said, John 13, 35, they'll know you're my disciples by your love one for another, by your treatment of one another. And a level of maturity is revealed by the way you treat somebody else. And mostly the people that you disagree with. Woo! Huh? I can say amen to myself if I have to. Church. Isn't church great? Where would we be without it? Thank God for the church. Thank God for this church. And I promise you this, when Mrs. Genesee and I leave next month, <laughs> we could, I'd be back in Florida tonight, man. I miss that warm weather. When we leave, we're going to continue to pray for you. We're going to pray that God opens up the heart of somebody a pastor, the exact person that you need to come and lead you into your future. Because I really believe, right, Donna? We believe the future here is bright. We really do. Brother Odell, I admire you. I always have. You've been a man of God. You and Miss, Miss Faith. And you laid an unbelievable foundation here. Amen. Amen? And your son came and took it where he needed to take it. And now God's going to raise up somebody to take it even further right? Stay together, man. Don't fight each other, right? Be the body of Christ. Be the family of God. Be the church of God. You got a bright future. Let's pray together, may we? Father in heaven, we love you. I know that's an understatement, but we really do. We appreciate all the things you do for us. We're mindful that we're just sinners saved by grace, but we're thankful we're saved. We're glad to be a member of your body, family, and church. We pray you'll help us, God, to be the very best at that that we can be. Help us to love one another, prefer one another, serve one another, care one for another. Think about one, prefer, not, not just prefer, but forbear one another at times. And help us to be the very best church that we can be for this community and this world. Bless these people. Guide and direct their future. 
Bring them the right man for this job. Make it very clear, make it very evident. And we pray the future of this church would be bright and blessed. May it be powerful, impactful, not just in Williamstown, but the globe. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.